Good Thursday morning. Those holiday travel troubles beginning to mount as that powerful storm sweeps across the U.S. We're going to help you get to where you need to go as smoothly as possible. It's December 22nd. This is Today. Here it comes. 124 million Americans now in the path of snow, ice, and extreme cold during the busiest travel days of the year. The timing of the storm is challenging, for sure, but we're ready, we're prepared. Blizzard conditions already delaying flights and causing major accidents on the roads. States of emergency declared the National Guard called in to help. This morning, complete coverage on the storm's timing, track, and impact on Christmas from coast to coast. Personal and passionate. Ukraine's president delivering an emotional plea to Congress overnight, seeking to rally more support and aid in the fight against Russia's unrelenting war. Ukrainian courage and American resolve must guarantee the future of our common freedom. His speech capping a historic whirlwind visit to Washington, its impact and what happens next. Breaking overnight, the disgraced co-founder of crypto giant FTX arrives in New York, extradited from the Bahamas, to face charges for allegedly orchestrating one of the biggest frauds in American history. We'll have the very latest. Empty shelves inside the worsening shortage of popular medicines as the nation's most severe flu season in a decade intensifies. Straight ahead, where to look for the help you need and the alternatives that can offer some relief. Those stories plus royal holiday. How the family is keeping the Queen's beloved Christmas traditions during their first season without Her Majesty. We'll take you live to Buckingham Palace. And green Christmas. The next Mega Millions drawing now worth more than half a billion dollars in counting. With Americans racing to pick up what they hope is the ultimate stocking stuffer. Today, Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And a good morning to you. Welcome to Today. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning. Savannah and Hoda getting a jump start on their holiday celebrations. And here we are, just three days out from Christmas. My goodness, maybe it was smart for Savannah and Hoda, because at least maybe they are where they're supposed to That's be. That's true. This weather, my goodness. That is our top story this morning. What's really become the not-so-perfect storm, a severe winter system hitting just as people head out for the holidays. Right now, you're looking at the conditions in Denver this morning. As that storm moves across the country, more than 110 million Americans are now under some kind of winter alert. Heavy snow, rain, and powerful winds, the major threats for a large swath of the country. And of course, all of it taking a toll on holiday travel with today and tomorrow expected to be the busiest getaway days. Here's a live look at a Already busy Interstate 76 in Philadelphia. My goodness. And at the airports, we're already seeing hundreds of flights being delayed or canceled. Some of them happening here at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Whether you are heading out the door this morning awaiting the arrival of loved ones or just need to get out to the store for some last minute shopping, fear not. We've got you covered this morning. We're going to start with NBC's Tom Costello. He is watching all of it from Regan National Airport. Tom, you were in Chicago for us yesterday. You flew to D.C. overnight. You've got a unique perspective here. How are the airports looking? 
Well, they're they're full and they are getting fuller. I mean, we were uh, we got out of Chicago just because we didn't want to take a chance with that storm coming in. Didn't want to get stuck there as much as I love all of my friends and family in Chicago. But Chicago right now is among those airports, both O'Hare and Midway, where we are seeing a growing number of cancellations and delays. Let me take you have you take a look at the list at this very moment. We've now got 624 delays. This is nationwide. We've got 1,200 flight cancellations. That is building, by the way, Chicago. So it's O'Hare, it's Midway. Then we've got Denver, Kansas City, and St. Louis among the cities that are most affected. And as this snow starts to fly, the number of cancellations and delays will snowball through the day. Howling and blowing across the northern plains and headed into the Midwest, that monster winter storm blinding road traffic, blasting Minneapolis, and making a beeline for Chicago with O'Hare and Midway airports in the crosshairs. Have you guys de-iced that one yet? We were told the captain called for ice accumulation. De-icing critical across a big chunk of the country as airports and airlines try to keep operations moving as long as possible. Today and tomorrow were scheduled to be the busiest departure travel days. Now this. This is the kind of hiccup you don't need this time, this time of year. Yeah, Mother, Na- Mother Nature timing could have been better, but uh, we're prepared. We've got 15,000 new employees. They've all been trained. This is flight 1865, service to Miami. Good morning. Hi there, welcome. Nationwide, passenger volume is rivaling 2019 levels. Brooke Nelson and her daughter heading to California. Trying to eat the snow, so we hope we get there before the weather gets in. To keep the system moving, the FAA Command Center has opened military airspace along the coast. Having gotten through such a a great, smooth Thanksgiving week in terms of travel, uh, including the busiest travel day since before COVID, things went so well. But this time around, unfortunately, it's just not going to be as smooth because of this weather. The expert advice in the air or on the roads, leave early, pack a lunch and extra clothes and have a backup plan. And... A dose of optimism doesn't hurt. You're going to fly right through this stuff. Yes. Yes, we will. And we're hoping for smooth air and a little choppy air is fine. No problem. That's my kind of weather. And if there's anybody who knows about flying conditions, it's that guy. Listen, you know, we told you yesterday the airlines are waiving the change fees, trying to get people to change their tickets if they're going to be flying today or Friday. At this point, these flights are full. So if you're able to change a flight, you may have to wait until after the storm passes through. You know, we also mentioned to you we're watching trains, and Amtrak has had to cancel some trains out of the Midwest, out of Chicago towards Milwaukee because of the incoming storm, the blizzard, the high winds. That's going to affect rail traffic as well. Busy day. Craig, back to you. Tom Costello, Force Third Reagan National. Tom, thank you. All right, let's focus more on those brutal conditions in the Midwest. NBC's Maggie Vespa is in Belvedere, Illinois, about 70 miles northwest of Chicago, where snow is already coming down and the temperature is falling fast. Maggie, good morning. Yeah, hey, Chanel, as you know, this is getting down to the zero hour to basically get out ahead of this storm if anybody wants to hit the road. I mean, this is I-90. This is a key pipeline to and from Chicago and people across the Midwest, millions across the Midwest and across the country are waking up to see blizzard warnings in eight states and counties stretching from Montana and the Dakotas all the way to western New York. Parts of Ohio forecasted to get up to a foot of snow. Parts of Michigan getting up to two feet. And the 
uh, previews that we're seeing out west are absolutely jarring. State troopers in Nebraska posting video of whiteout conditions that they're seeing on the roads. Then you head to South Dakota. There was a mass rescue overnight. Close to 100 drivers had to be rescued after getting trapped in their cars. They spent the night in a warming shelter. And speaking of warming shelters and centers popping up across the countries, include across the country, including inside the Denver Coliseum, that massive arena welcoming hundreds of people. And we know that's obviously happening because of concerns about possible power outages in multiple regions, potentially, as this storm barrels our way. Another concern that we know a lot of people have, just given the timing of this storm, which could not be worse, is last-minute holiday deliveries. By some estimates, close to 100 million packages are being shipped every single day the week before Christmas. And we can tell you carriers are cautiously optimistic that your deliveries should make it on time. We talked to everyone from Amazon to UPS to FedEx to the Postal Service. They tell us they're tracking this forecast. They are rerouting deliveries around the storm as it makes its way through. And they also tell us a big uh, note here that their drivers are trained to drive in inclement weather. But here's the big caveat, as long as it's safe. Again, obviously, that's a huge condition there and something that they're monitoring. So for now, they recommend that uh, customers get online, get on the apps and, and the websites from the companies that you order these things through, the carriers that you're using. Start tracking your shipment now. Sign up for alerts tied to that shipment and reach out to customer service if you have any question. But again, millions across the country waking up and kind of building that backup plan in real time as this storm makes its way into the Midwest. All right. It is, it, it is a challenge. All right. Thank you, Maggie. All right. Dylan is in for Al this morning. She's tracking the path. She's tracking the timing of this massive system that's on the move. Good to have you back. How are we looking? It's a monster storm. And you could see all the winter weather alerts scattered through the northern plains, the upper Midwest, through the Great Lakes and into the northeast as well. We've got winter storm warnings, but several blizzard warnings, too. Not so much because of an extreme amount of snow, but because of very gusty winds, 40 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts. Here's the situation. We have this Arctic front that's bringing snow to the Midwest. Behind it, it is brutally cold. I mean, wind chills down around 30 to 40 degrees below zero. We also have a lot of moisture streaming in from the south. These two storms are going to combine and bring us our monster storm. Now, we're looking for, I'd say, a widespread two to four inches of snow. Again, doesn't seem like much, but when you have gusts up to 40 to 60 miles per hour, it reduces visibility as it tosses the snow around in those winds. However, off the Great Lakes in Michigan and off of Lake Erie, up across New York, off of Lake Ontario and western New York, too, that's where we can see two to three feet of snow. It's that lake enhancement. But elsewhere, it's really the wind and the blowing snow that's going to make it absolutely treacherous on the roads and also make a nightmare out of the airports, too. As we go through today and tomorrow, peak wind gusts will be up around 50 miles per hour in Detroit, over 60 miles per hour in Buffalo, across the northeast in Boston, 56 mile per hour wind gusts. We're also going to see up to two to three inches of rain up and down the northeast. Not only will we see regular flooding, but also coastal flooding when you have that wind coming in off the water. We could even see extreme flooding in Boston, too. So a lot of factors setting up shop here. But on the backside of the storm, we are looking at some of the coldest air we've seen in quite some time with wind chills down around 20 to 30 degrees at least below zero. Okay. All right, Dylan, we'll come back to you in just a second. Another major story this morning, that defiant wartime visit to Washington by the president of Ukraine. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander is here with more. 
Hey, Peter. Chanel and Craig, good morning to both of you. This really was a powerful moment last night. You had President Zelensky, remember, just 24 hours removed from the battlefield, punctuating his trip to Washington with what was a personal appeal for more assistance. Speaking before that joint session of Congress that right now is debating whether to send tens of billions of dollars in new aid to Ukraine, the Ukrainian leader arguing their decisions can save millions of people. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky delivering an impassioned plea to America, calling for an end to the Russian invasion. Ukraine didn't fall. Ukraine is alive and kicking. In his 25-minute address, Zelensky, clad in his signature army green sweater, urging Congress not to abandon the defense of his country after 10 months of war. And next year will be a turning point. I know it. The point when... Ukrainian courage and American resolve must guarantee the future of our common freedom. He pushed lawmakers to approve an additional $45 billion in aid while acknowledging Republican reservations about giving Ukraine a blank check. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy. Ukraine's president receiving repeated standing ovations from both sides of the aisle as the one-time comedian briefly returned to his roots. We have artillery. Yes. Thank you. We have it. Is it enough? Honestly, not really. (laughs) Punctuating his speech, Zelensky's gift to Congress, a Ukrainian battle flag signed by soldiers on the front lines. This flag is a symbol of our victory in this war. The speech capping off Zelensky's dramatic visit to Washington, his first trip outside Ukraine since the war began. Earlier in the day, meeting with President Biden at the White House. President Zelensky, the United States stands with the brave people in Ukraine. We stand with you. Thanks from our just ordinary people to your ordinary people, Americans. After months of requests from Zelensky for air defenses, President Biden announced the U.S. will provide a single Patriot missile defense system and will train Ukrainians how to use it in a third country. Zelensky also posting these behind-the-scenes videos, sitting down with the president and first lady. Zelensky's trip coming after days of secret planning, all of it ending with a poignant and powerful holiday wish for victory. We'll celebrate Christmas. Celebrate Christmas, and even if there is no electricity, the light of our faith in ourselves will not be put out. It was quite a moment last night. Even Zelensky humbly insisted that the extended standing ovation he got was, in his words, too much for me. In return for that Ukrainian battle flag, the House Speaker Speaker Nancy Pelosi, you see there, handed him a framed American flag, the flag that flew over the Capitol yesterday in honor of his historic visit. Wow. So how do we expect Congress to respond to this speech? So they want this nearly $45 billion to be going to Ukraine right now. It's wrapped up in what is a $1.7 trillion spending package that Congress is negotiating as we speak. Overnight, the Senate's top Democrat, Chuck Schumer, he expressed some optimism, Chanel, that they could get it done as early as this morning with lawmakers, obviously, like the rest of us, trying to get out of town to their families before the storm hits D.C. But this could also fall apart at any moment because it's tied up with other controversial issues, among them immigration. 
operation. So for oh. the moment, we should be keeping an eyes on today, see if yep. it can get it done. All right. But well, quite the remarkable visual yesterday. It, it was a historic day. All right. Well, you're going to stick around with us for the rest yeah. of the morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, also breaking overnight, the former co-founder of now collapsed crypto giant FTX returned to the United States to face federal charges just hours after agreeing to extradition from the Bahamas. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is here with the very latest on this one. Gabe, good morning. Craig, good morning. 30-year-old Sam Bankman-Fried is accused of one of the largest financial frauds in U.S. history. And today, he is set to, to appear in a New York courtroom for the first time as two of his associates plead guilty to related charges. This morning, the one-time crypto king, Sam Bankman-Fried, is back in the U.S. after agreeing to be extradited from the Bahamas. Overnight, his plane landing at an airport in Westchester, New York, just outside of New York City. The former billionaire faces charges including wire fraud and money laundering, stemming from the dramatic collapse of his massive cryptocurrency exchange, FTX. Samuel Bankman-Fried is now in FBI custody. He will appear in court before a judge in this district as soon as possible. Billions of dollars vanished when the crypto firm imploded suddenly last month. Bankman-Fried denies that FTX misappropriated customer funds when it made loans to another one of his companies, Alameda, a hedge fund. I made a lot of mistakes or, or things I would give anything to be able to do over again. Um, I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. His extradition comes as two of Bankman-Fried's former associates have pleaded guilty to related charges. The U.S. attorney says FTX co-founder Gary Wang and Caroline Ellison, former head of Alameda, were both charged with roles in the frauds that contributed to FTX's collapse. Both Ms. Ellison and Mr. Wang have pled guilty to those charges, and they are both cooperating with the Southern District of New York. Overnight, Wang's attorney telling NBC News Gary has accepted responsibility for his actions and takes seriously his obligations as a cooperating witness. The U.S. attorney with a warning to others involved in wrongdoing at FTX or Alameda. If you participated in misconduct at FTX or Alameda, now is the time to get ahead of it. We are moving quickly and our patience is not eternal. Again, Bankman-Fried now faces arraignment today here in New York. And a key question, Craig, is whether he'll be granted bail like Bernie Madoff was. All right. Gabe Gutierrez for us there. Gabe, thank you. Uh, let's turn back to the big story of the morning, yeah. of course, the weather, the rest of Dylan's forecast. Well, it is going to get pretty bad today, especially tonight into early tomorrow morning through the Midwest. And then it makes its way into the Northeast as we go into this afternoon in the form of rain before it turns over to wind and some colder temperatures. I mean, really, there's just so much going on. But look at how cold it is back behind the system. Temperatures below zero, wind chills well below zero, down around 20 to 30 degrees below zero. Mostly sunny in the southwest, though. Enjoy it. Lots of sun temperatures in the 50s and 60s. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Still ahead, the royal family marking their first. First Christmas without Queen Elizabeth. NBC's Kelly Cobiella is at Buckingham Palace with new details on their plans. Kelly? And they'll be spending Christmas at one of the late Queen's favorite places, her country estate in Norfolk. I'll have more on what's different this year coming up. Meanwhile, back here, it's become a familiar scene from coast to coast. Pharmacy shelves stripped bare of popular medicines as flu and other viruses continue to spread. So, where can you turn to find what you need or perhaps even a substitute? We're going to take a closer look at that. But first, this is Today on NBC. Oh, what about you guys? That's what 
Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I mean, the country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll as- get fresh insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up-to-date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. at 7.30. Uh, let's get to your 7.30 headlines, though. Peter, you mentioned a short time ago, earlier this morning, that $1.7 trillion government funding bill. Momentum toward passing it appeared to slow yesterday. Lawmakers are struggling to reach an agreement on amendments needed to get to a final vote and avoid a partial government shutdown at midnight tomorrow. At issue, a proposed amendment from Utah Senator Mike Lee seeking to extend pandemic era restrictions on asylum seekers at the border. Talks are expected to continue this morning. The man accused of opening fire on a packed New York City subway is expected to plead guilty to terrorism charges. Frank James's lawyer filed paperwork Wednesday indicating his client would enter a guilty plea in the April attack. A hearing has been scheduled for January 3rd. Ten people were shot and 13 others were injured in the shooting, which set off a 30-hour manhunt before James was arrested in Manhattan. If you're in search of a Christmas miracle or perhaps just the world's best stocking stuffer, look no further than the Mega Millions Lottery. The jackpot right now is staggering $510 million, enough to buy a new car for everybody in the neighborhood, maybe a couple of those oversized red ribbons (laughs) to go with it. No one has won the Mega Millions jackpot since the middle of October, so the top prize has been growing since then. The next drawing is tomorrow night, just in time for the holiday. Mm -hmm. A green Christmas for someone. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Turning now to the Royals, facing their first Christmas season without their beloved Queen Elizabeth II. NBC's Kelly Cobiella is at Buckingham Palace with more on how the royal family will honor her late majesty while carrying on her favorite holiday traditions. Kelly, good morning. That's right. Good morning. King Charles is hosting his very first royal family Christmas along with his queen consort, Camilla, bringing the family together for the holiday for the first time since 2019. And they'll come together at the country estate that the queen loved. With the festive season in full swing, a show of royal unity joining an early holiday cheer. For the royal family, this year, the celebrations are bittersweet. The first Christmas without their beloved matriarch, Queen Elizabeth. This Christmas will be incredibly poignant for the king. It's not only his first Christmas as monarch, but also his first 
as head of the family after seven decades of his mother leading the way. At the monarch's country estate in Sandringham, the family will gather for the first time since 2019 and will honor the late queen's memory by keeping the long-standing traditions she so loved. Here, members of the family have made first and final appearances. Diana, the late Princess of Wales in 1994. Kate, the new Princess of Wales in 2011. Meghan and the debut of the then Fab Four in 2017. Behind palace gates, a special and very private family time was always the Queen's favourite. For the late Queen, it was so important to have her family around her at Christmas, and she loved welcoming, particularly her great-grandchildren, to Sandringham. There would be gifts left on the end of their beds. Throughout her long reign, the monarch was present in millions of households across Britain on Christmas Day. The Queen delivered 69 Christmas messages as monarch. This year, for the first time in decades, the country will hear from a king. We're all going to miss her Queen's speech, which is a normal tradition in our household. Yeah, I think it will just be different. The new king expected to focus on his mother's long life of service in his first Christmas address. In private, memories to cherish. The very fact that the family are gathering in such large numbers in a place that meant so much to the late Queen will really honour her memory. And they will, of course, be sharing so many happy memories of time spent with her over the years. Prince Harry, Meghan and their children, Archie and Lilibet, will stay home in California for the holiday. Harry talked about Christmas's past with the royal family in the couple's Netflix docuseries. His father, King Charles, now hosting his first Christmas as monarch and looking ahead to his coronation in May. And today, Buckingham Palace announced another big celebration for next year. The Trooping the Color, the, the official birthday parade for the monarch, will happen uh, in mid-June, just 42 days after the coronation. So a big year for Buckingham Palace next year. But first, of course, Christmas and one of those great traditions, the Christmas church walk, could feature a young royal for the first time, Chanel. Prince Louis, four years old could be walking with the family. So look out for viral oh videos. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. Instagram is so excited right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Louis doesn't disappoint. <laughs> uh, still ahead on a Thursday morning. We are going to introduce you to a guy who really turned his life around in a big way. And now he devotes himself to spreading joy in his community. And it all started with a very special coloring book. We can't wait to share his inspiring story. But first, help for families with flu raging and basic medicines getting harder and harder to find. Sam Brock is watching that for us. Yeah, Peter, guys, good morning. For so many people watching right now, how many stores have you had to check to try to find Tylenol or ibuprofen for your kids? Also for yourself, if you're in that unenviable position right now of trying to figure out a backup plan, what doctors say you should and should not do to get around this shortfall right now, coming up right after this break. Hi everyone, I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. 
Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the true crime original. at 740 with Consumer Confidential. This morning, a mounting problem for families all across the country trying to cope with rising cases of flu, RSV, and COVID. Simply put, these days, a lot of families are struggling to find the medicines they're looking for for their kids and for adults. So where do you turn for relief? Questions top of mind for a lot of folks. NBC's Sam Brock looking into it for us. Sam, good morning to you. Yeah, Craig, guys, good morning. I was going to say this probably sounds very familiar to many. What I'm about to say, the owner here of Ortux Pharmacy says that moms and dads have been coming in here in the Miami area for the last several weeks, only to find that the medications that they're looking for simply aren't there. And it's not just for their kids, but medications for adults, too, are also getting swooped up right now. But whether it's generic versions of the same medicine or it's consulting with your doctor, there are ways right now to navigate the chaos. With rows and rows of pharmacy shelves now eerily empty, frustrations nationwide are mounting, along with cases of COVID, the flu, and RSV. It's resulted in uh, a bunch of sleepless nights. Mo Manclang considers herself one of the lucky ones, having the time and resources to scour stores for medicine to give her 15-month-old son, Rex. What do you think it says now that so many parents have to check three or four or five different places just to find a normal over-the-counter drop. It's shocking. It feels really wild to have to go to multiple stores to find something that is really, really just like a household item. America is quickly confronting the shortfall of flu and fever-fighting medicines. National pharmacy chains, CVS and Walgreens, as well as supermarket mainstay Kroger, have placed restrictions on how many of those products consumers can buy at one time. And it's not just kids being impacted. The shortage affecting people of all ages. We're seeing it across the board. Kids and adults. Kids and adults. Dr. Kim Tran, who runs the outpatient pharmacy for Jackson Health in Miami, one of the largest healthcare systems in the country, has some tips for families. Are there any viable alternatives? If you can't find kids Tylenol or kids Advil, what would you recommend parents do? Definitely talk to your doctor. Don't make substitutions on your own. Um, a pharmacist can also recommend other therapies to the doctor, and if the doctor's okay with it, the doctor can write a different prescription. Some other useful points to emphasize. Generic versions of drugs like Tylenol or Advil, which contain the same active ingredients, acetaminophen or ibuprofen, are equally effective. If your child has a mild fever, you can let it ride out, with a lukewarm bath a helpful option. And do not, under any circumstances, give kids adult medication without consulting a doctor. The federal government just announcing plans to unlock fresh supplies of Tamiflu from the National Strategic Stockpile. Is Congress making it clear the medication shortage is on its radar? And many parents expect better. I don't understand why um, we don't make sure that we collectively all have access to these like very basic things that we all need. It's food, it's water, it's medicine. I feel like we should be beyond this. Amen. That's the question a lot of folks are, are asking. Sam, I mean, what about those expired medications that so many people have in, in their in their bathrooms? Can those still be used in an emergency? 
In short, no, it's not a good idea, Craig. And certainly this is applicable to a lot of people because you have medicine cabinets with all this old medication in it. The problem is the active ingredients, Craig, might still be effective, but there's also other things in there like colorings and fillers. Those can become dangerous over time. And even some of the manufacturers will note on their website that you could be seeing possible changes in chemical composition over time, also decreases in potency. So bottom line, Throw those medications Throw those out. out. All right. Craig, back to you. An important warning. That's an important man. question. Sam Brock, thank you, Sam. Yeah, a lot That's of folks. very important. A lot yeah. of folks are wondering. You know, I've yeah, got these expired good. kids' time. At the end of the day, you're thinking anything's better than nothing, exactly. but maybe that that's not good. the case. All right. Well, time now for another check of the forecast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the news isn't always great either, Chanel. <laughs> um, okay. It is so cold. And over the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, we are going to see some of the coldest air we've seen in quite some time. Look at the wind chills we're expecting. In uh, parts of South Dakota, 51 degrees below zero. Omaha, 37 below zero. St. Louis, 28 degrees below zero. Those are the numbers you need to dress for because that's how it's going to feel when you step outside. 50 states, all 50 states will see wind chills below 32. 46 states will see wind chills below zero. It is going to be just bone chilling cold. So because of that, we do have wind chill watches, advisories, wind chill warnings in effect that extend all the way down south. And right now in Pierce, South Dakota, it's already 49 degree below zero wind chill right now. Minneapolis feels like 29 degrees below zero. And down into Nebraska, it feels like 44 below zero. So it is dangerous to be outside with your skin exposed for too long of a period of time. And that's your latest forecast. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. That's, that's, about the funny, that's the funniest thing you've said in the little conference. Hilarious. Another vacation. Not saying much. All Thanks, right. Greg. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 